Uh, Good morning, church family. I'm reading from Psalm 84. If you want to follow me from the NIV version. So it says, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwells in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look on favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor, and no good thing does he withhold from those whose way of life is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed are those who trust in you. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Well, well, thank you and and good morning. I think we're, we're definitely at that time of the year when you can look around any group of people and you can put them into two categories. On the one hand, there are those people who have already had their summer break. You know, they're walking with a slightly more relaxed pace. Uh, they've come back with some nice, fresh ideas. And on the other, other hand, you've got those who um, are a little bit more pasty in complexion, uh, and they're just holding out um, and hoping uh, that they'll get a, a break sometime soon. And whichever category you find yourself in this morning, it's great to see you here. And I'm excited to have this opportunity to open Psalm 84 together. I've chosen this psalm because fundamentally it's a really encouraging psalm. I think it's a very real psalm uh, and it's a psalm that has got a lot to teach us about our relationship with God. If you listened to Sophie last week, uh, you'd have heard her talking about what it means to be blessed by God. And we're going to stay with that theme this morning and really look at the three blessings uh, that you see tucked away in this psalm. You see them in verse 4. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. In verse 5, blessed are those whose strength is in you. And then in verse 12, blessed is the one who trusts in you. And I'm just over the next few minutes just going to unpack each of those three themes uh, and think about what that means uh, for us today. My prayer is that we will leave this place encouraged this morning. 
So let's turn to the first blessing. Um, Blessed are those who dwell in your house. And what we have before us here in Psalm 84 is a great song of praise. It's a psalm that has inspired much music over the years, classical music, contemporary music. Um, It's been a real inspiration in itself. And it expresses an intense longing to be with God. For the psalmist here, his soul and his body are united in knowing that it's only through being with God that he will find true happiness. God has made us to be with him, and unless we're in that place, we're not going to find true fulfillment. This psalm is is written by a, a temple worship leader, Um, And in Old Testament times, in order to meet with God, um, it was important to go to the temple and uh, bring your sacrifice there. For us in New Testament times, the Lord Jesus has come to dwell with us. Uh, We can find forgiveness in him, and it's through the Holy Spirit dwelling in each of our bodies that we become the temple of God. And we see that in in 1 Corinthians 3.16. For both the psalmist and for us today, the really important thing is that this is about having a living relationship with God. It's on the one hand an intensely personal relationship. You see the psalmist call out, my king and my God. And at the same time, it's a relationship that can be enjoyed together as part of community. We see as we go through the psalm a contrasting way of life. Um, a way of life that is led outside of God's presence. And the psalmist uses two uh, different ways, talking of time and place, to draw out that contrast of those who follow the Lord uh, and those who don't acknowledge him. He asserts that one day of a fulfilled life with God is better than a thousand days of an empty existence without him. And he draws this contrast between the doorkeeper and those who dwell in the tents of the wicked or the tents of those who don't know God. Now, I'm very conscious that the word tent um, can have very different connotations for different people. Um, And if you're someone for whom the word tent conjures up images of mud and kind of questionable washing facilities um, and sort of trauma of childhood holidays, you need to just park that for a minute because um, the reference here is a positive one. You know, these are comfortable tents. Um, They're tents where people feel a sense of belonging um, and community. So sort of think glamping on a sunny day, that, that kind of tent here. Um, And the point that the psalmist is making is that as we pursue this life of God, um, it does mean a stepping out of that comfort of the mainstream, um, but for him, the alternative is just not worth contemplating. Why is this so precious to be with God? We see in verse 11 that God brings us grace, he breathes life into us, and he brings salvation to those who trust in him. I'm not sure if any of you have been to any of the prom concerts that are taking place this time of year, or if you might have wandered past the Royal Albert Hall uh, about an hour or so before those concerts start. And you'll see the real music lovers queuing up to get into that concert hall. They don't have prepaid tickets. Uh, They queue often for a long, long time just to get in there. Um, And they will stand throughout the concert. 
And the important thing for them is not to have a, a plush red velvet seat. Um, the really important thing is that as the lights go down and the music fills the hall, that they are there in that place. And it's, um, it's a bit like that for us here. It's, it's knowing salvation and living with the Lord Jesus that is so much more valuable than any earthly comfort. And maybe you're here this morning and um, maybe you feel a little bit like that doorkeeper, just a little bit on, on the fringe of things. Um, maybe you're just starting to look into Christian things. You're, you're looking at the map rather than embarked on the journey. Or maybe you're here this morning because you're always here. Um, and maybe you're here a little bit out of habit. Um, and if you're honest, you've lost a bit of that sense of joy. So whatever your start point this morning, I think there's just a tremendous encouragement here that if you are here this morning, you are in the right place. Uh, because we know that as we draw close to God, he will draw close to us. As we dwell in his presence with his people, we can know this great blessing. So let me move on to uh, blessing number two. Um, and it's here that we see, see this idea of the pilgrim um, being introduced. Uh, the idea that the Christian life is, is like a journey. It's a journey of getting closer and closer to God um, until that final destination of being in his unending presence. Those of you who are in life groups um, might think back to when we were studying Philippians. And we heard Paul talking about pressing on towards the goal. It's that same sense of moving uh, towards that destination of being with God. As part of this journey, we know that we need to expect challenge. Um, and we see in verse 6 here the idea of the Valley of Baca being introduced. Uh, apparently, it's quite a difficult word to translate from the Hebrew, uh, but it really means a very dry and arid land, a valley of drought. Um, and that's something that's quite easy for us to imagine at the moment as you wander through our parks and see the dry yellow grass. Some translations even call this the Valley of Tears. It's, it's a place of sorrow. And there are two things that you see happening uh, in verse six, two quite different things. Um, on, on the one hand, you see that the Christian person, um, as they walk through this past parched land, is able to trust in the Lord Jesus, draw on the strength of the Holy Spirit, and really dig down to find springs of water. At the same time, we see from above the Lord God sending these autumn rains, um, this great refreshing rain. I don't know if you remember when we had our previous heat wave, when it broke, suddenly um, the heavens opened and the rain came down and it was beautiful rain. You didn't want an umbrella, you just wanted to get out there and get wet. This just amazing refreshing water uh, after the heat as God pours out his blessings, uh, even in a time of challenge. And I find verse seven particularly encouraging. I think often when we find ourselves in those valley times, we can feel quite weak. Um, sometimes it's, it's physical weakness, um, spiritual weakness, or sometimes socially we just feel a bit left behind. Um, and sometimes too, it can feel like quite a static place. If you are praying for change, or if you're praying for improvement, often you can feel a bit stuck um, while you're just waiting for God. 
But what we see in verse 7 here is a very, very different perspective to that um, because we see the Christian moving from strength to strength. God is working within us and he's shaping us piece by piece into his likeness until that day when each one of us will appear before him in glory. However you feel today, um, and whatever the tent dwellers uh, might be thinking, there's an amazing encouragement here that as we walk the Christian life, it is a life of progress and a life of purpose. So just moving on to the the third blessing, um, and maybe as you're listening, you're thinking, you know what, this is just all a bit big picture. Uh, and it's, it's nice that there's a happy ending, um, but how do I actually navigate things day to day? There's a really surprising interlude in this psalm. In the middle of this great song of praise, in verses eight and nine, suddenly we're pulled into a really heartfelt, fervent prayer that the psalmist is bringing before God. He is praying with intensity. You see that, hear my prayer, listen to me. He's imploring God. He's bringing to God the issues of the day, the things that are really on his mind, and he's putting it out there. There's no sense here that he's mindfully just trying to focus on the positives. Um, There's no sense that um, because things aren't going his way, he's just gradually pulling back from God a little bit. This is real and genuine engagement with God about the things that matter. You'll see that as the psalmist prays, he recalls who God is. He's praying to God Almighty. He's praying to the God of Jacob who has worked before and provided for his people. And he's using strong images here, the image of the sun, that very source of light and life. The image of a shield that saves us and protects us. And we see right at the beginning uh, of the psalm that reference to God's goodness as even the tiniest sparrow finds a home and a sense of belonging um, in the place of God. And it's that proactive reminder of God's character that is really the foundation of his trust. I don't know if you remember, um, a few years back, there was a a bad outbreak of Ebola in West Africa. Um, West Africa has a special place in my heart, and at the time I was going to a church where many of the congregation were from different West African countries, and we decided that we wanted to make a gift. Um, And it was in 2015, um, once we'd gathered some funds, um, I wrote to the mission that we were working with um, and said, you know, good news, we've got this gift. And they said to me, uh, that is good news, Um, and what would be even better would be if you, Catherine, would be happy to bring it out personally to Liberia. Um, Now, at that point, suddenly the fundraising looked quite straightforward. Um, But I, um, so yeah, I got on a plane to Monrovia, um, and um, I spent a short period of time on the compound where Médecins Sans Frontières had set up their treatment centers um, and really gone in hard against this disease. Um, it was a very inspiring trip in, in many ways, um, but the thing that um, really struck me was watching the Christian community in that environment. And on the hospital compound, there was a small chapel. 
and they would meet there every day to, to pray and praise God. And they had a little greeting that they used to use um, within that Christian community. So one Christian would say to the other, God is good all of the time. And the other would respond, all of the time, God is good. And that was in a place where day after day, they had literally been facing death on just a terrible scale. Um, and it was that constant encouragement to one another and reminder of the character of God um, that was what helped them uh, to work through that. And, and eventually, um, they overcame uh, the disease in that, in, in that area. Our psalm here ends with an amazing sense of confidence, um, and we get that uh, assurance that as we act with integrity, as we stand for the Lord Jesus, we will see his goodness. He hasn't grown weary. He hasn't forgotten about us. He's not looking to deprive us. He is full of goodness. And he has a full understanding of what is good for us. So as we press on in our Christian lives, we can do that assured that God is working for our good. And as we go through each situation, he is building us up from strength to strength. Blessed are the ones who trust in him. So it's quite a short psalm, um, but it packs a lot in there. Um, and just as we close, I'm going to suggest that we just have a, a brief time of quiet, just to reflect prayerfully uh, on some of what um, we've been looking at there, and to reflect on those sources of joy that we can know as Christians, as we dwell with the Lord, as we draw our strength from him, and as we trust him, day by day. So let's just dwell in the presence of the Lord.